let's get ready to throw down. We are going to talk a little bit about prospecting. Actually, a lot about prospecting <laughs> because it is hands down the worst part about being a salesperson. Does uh, anyone disagree with that statement? I think it's the easiest. I I um, kind of agree uh, as well. Let's talk about. Well, but well, hold on, hold on. Before we get into prospecting, can I share a story about about something that I messed up completely? And I'm kind of curious what you how you guys would handle it. Oh, Please I can't do. wait. Shoot, yeah, real life story this. from the field. Okay, yeah. I get a referral, right? And I get pretty good insight into this referral, right? There's there's an internal champion there who's not the decision maker who will kind of build themselves up to be the decision maker but, that they've got clout. Uh, but to be aware that they that they don't. I said, okay. I go meet with this person. And uh, it's in an industry that's got a lot of oversight and, and regulation. And that typically doesn't work very well for what I do anyway. Because, you know, the more oversight, the harder it is to put client information and to do good CRM management, you know, into an outside CRM. So I meet with them and there's so much pain, right? Pain, pain, pain. I really need this. I'm not going to be successful. I really want to like leave my mark and everything else. Okay, awesome. What do you think we should do now? And uh, he's like, well, come in, talk to my counterpart. He's the president's son. Okay. Mm. I said, okay, cool. I'm happy to do that. I'm a little bit curious though. I feel like the president's going to have some concerns about what we're talking about here. How do we make sure that his concerns get addressed? And he says, well, come in, meet with the son. As long as we are on board United Front, we'll be good to go. Perfect. Awesome. Right. So I go in, uh, I meet with both of them. Once again, all kinds of pain, right? They, they really want what I'm doing, right? And this is the trap, right? Because they're so optimistic. Oh yeah, man, we, we need this. We need this. We need this. And so I leave that meeting and then the problems kind of start, you know, well, you know, it seems a little expensive. I said, we, you know, we talked about budget. You guys kind of gave me the budget. feels like something has changed. Can we talk about that? Um, well, you know, blah, 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 all this stuff. And then the president is out of town, president's back and all this mm. stuff. And so now me and the original guy, I've got pretty good rapport at this point. Right. And so we're texting back and forth about, about the deal and like, what's going to happen. And he was like, well, maybe I should just start using a CRM. Yes, obviously. And then once they see how good I'm doing with it, then that will prove that you should come in and help us out with this thing. And I'm like, okay, can I tell you my concerns? And he says, yes. And so I, I give my concerns to him. You know, that typically if it's just one person, it's not a, not a united front, not everyone's bought in. You're probably dealing in a couple of other systems and then you're getting pulled in multiple directions. And that's not really how I work, right? I, I have very much a burn your boats mentality. So I said, you know, I listed that out and he was like, man, that makes complete sense. I said, what do you think we should do? And he was like, well... Let me keep working on it. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to let you know. I'm going to close the file, though, because right now we don't really have a next step, you know. But I'm curious from the other people here at the table, right? Where do, like, how do you run that differently than I did? Let's start with the D because he's, he's queuing himself up over there. Well, I, th I think you did a, you did everything that I probably would have done. Um, you would have got the information, right? You mm -hmm. did a good job of getting that. Um, I think it happens a lot in all our businesses to the point where people, when we go back home after a first meeting, it's it's kind of love is in the air. That honeymoon phase is like, okay, we got to, we're all going to get into this. And then time goes by, a week goes by, a day goes by, whatever. And, and all of a sudden you start uh, realizing that 
hey, this isn't really a fit um, for either one of us. Like, we're not ready to make that move. We're not ready to make that investment. Uh, we're feeling pressure from the sales guy. In this case, that's you, John. Um, so a little bit of pressure from you, maybe asking a lot of uncomfortable questions, um, yeah. which is our job, right? That's what sure. we're supposed to do. So we're supposed to dive in and get that pain. We're supposed to um, really realize the gravity of the situation that they're in and whether that's real or not. Uh, I think that you had all the right decision makers in that in that situation. I probably, because I'm gut feel, mm-hmm. I think I wouldn't have divulged so much information. I probably would have dropped them quicker. But the good, the good and bad of that, right? Mm-hmm. So I drop it. I move on. I'm going to go find somebody else to spend my time with. Sure. Now, now you're not spending a lot of time, so it's not that big a deal. This is a couple of text messages, a couple of emails, a couple of phone calls, whatever yeah, it may and be. Two meetings. Yeah. So, so it's not that big of a. You didn't lose anything. No, and I, I've got a point to make after after sure. I hear from y'all. I'm sure but. you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I guess in, in my intention in, in my <laughs> in my immediate business, I think that once I get that gut feel of people pull back just a touch, it's over in my book, and that's my oh. industry. Okay. So when people love to talk about ideas, people love to get. Uh, an idea to go pass up the chain of command to their bosses, to their bosses. So, hey, I, I reached out to this guy. He gave me a budget of like $2,200 a month. This is what the CRM is going to cost us. We're going to, you know, here, here's my presentation. They say, okay, great. Thanks. Thanks for doing all that research. Mm-hmm. That's the end of it. And, and that's one step of not getting to the decision maker. In my business, that deal is dead. There is no funding. There is no money. It's an idea. It's an idea on a, a wall full of ideas that you're throwing darts at. So for me, I, I'm done. I'm out. I'm moving on to something that has real clout. Interesting. Al? So two thing, the two things that stuck out in your story is they were giving up pain. Didn't sound like you were having to ask too many questions to get to, you know, what their issues were. You know, uh so that's a good point. The first guy is really eager to make his mark in this new company because it's a it's a new role for him instead okay. of a new company. So he is trying to bring some structure because the old organization that he was with had a lot of CRM and management and and forecasting and things like that. So he wanted to bring that in and kind of be the guy who is leading leading okay. the charge on this thing, right? So, so he colored that picture a little bit better. But yeah. so he wasn't holding back. He's like, "Here's my problem." Absolutely. So it seems to me that then. The son comes in, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to call him Puppet, right? <laughs> okay. Because that's what I think sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. And, and until proven otherwise, right? Mm-hmm. Are you just a legacy? You know, so I got daddy's foreskin here, and <laughs> I'm, I'm having to peel that back, right, to get to the real meat of what's going on, right, which is the guy who can actually sign the check and make that happen. Okay. And, and, and sometimes I think that the president's son – Hey, hey, son, let's see what you're made of. Go handle the situation. And he mm-hmm. doesn't know dick about what we're talking about. And sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. I, I yeah. threw that out as kind of tongue in cheek. But I immediately would have been trying to take it away. Okay. What Negative, do you mean by that? Well, because the pendulum's way up high. And they are very excited about, you know, what's going on. So start really, yeah, I'd, I'd just start trying to destroy it. You know, so so you're, so you're talking about like good. the opposite of like leading the witness, right? You know, yeah. asking questions from that from that negative point of view to kind of see if they're going to move with you, right? Okay, um, I I feel like I did an okay job of that, right? Um, 
hold on. Yeah. You, you have any, or you, you said you had two things. Was that all of it? Well, else? no, it was just that one guy's real excited, but you mm-hmm. explained why he was so excited. And so yeah. that made sense. It wasn't yeah. part of your story. And then, you know, the son, is he just a proxy for the dad and he's taking up space mm-hmm. or does he have real value in this whole equation? Absolutely. And those were my only two things. Yeah. And so there, there's where you test that, right? Yeah. So in your story, how much time did you spend with them? Uh, I had two meetings, um, probably four or five emails, and then, you know, three or four text messages. So for me, there wasn't enough bonding and rapport. I think there needs to be a lot of bonding and rapport. So when there's issues come up, there's relationship that you can bank on hmm. to continue. That's actually a really good point. Uh, that, that summed up what your problems are. Nan, I agree with you 100%. Bonding and rapport prior to those meetings get you a lot of insight so um wait 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 sorry. i gotta stop so are we talking sunday dinner bonding no. or no. i'm like no. <laughs> <laughs> i mean if his sales well, cycle runs that quick you you, you run it right I, I that's how i feel about it okay but then, then why don't you fin- i'm sorry i cut you off will no, you finish because i that's a good I, point. I just think that when you have issues come up if you haven't established any relationship okay so you're thinking so i guess from what al said he can't do that with every client, so every perspective client. But I think that was already stated that he was at a different position. I'm, I'm assuming bonding report already taken place. So we were just talking about the meat and potatoes. Of I, I guess I mean. didn't assume. So I was like, so when did you create some kind of? So this brings up a really good point, though, because you had bonding report with the guy that wasn't the decision maker. Correct. Yeah. So, so I've been beating myself up about this kind of exchange for like a couple of weeks, like trying to think about how I could have handled it better, what I could have done or done differently, which is just kind of like how I do things. So um, my connection, my internal champion, my white knight, whatever you want to call it, has been very uh, on point as far as his communication with me. Hey, man, like, sure. like I'm still working on this and everything else. So it's not like they went dark, yeah. right? Which at least there's that, you know, where I failed where I did not do a good job was I didn't press hard enough. But on the other side of things is that Sometimes you're not going to get your way, right? And and this is kind of the conclusion that I was that I was coming to today because I was you know journaling about it and trying to figure out you know like how I, how how would I handle this in the future? Because I can make the decision to be like, hey, look, if I can't talk to the, talk to the real decision maker, we're done. I got to go. Well, yeah, you'll never get a meeting. Absolutely, right? So so I did the best that I could, right? I. I ask questions around the decision maker, try to get them involved. They, they've got the, this kind of weird convoluted board process about like everything goes to like a committee and everything else like this. So let's not forget the fact that you truly, I don't want to, I don't want to dime out anybody and call them a liar, but you were lied to because if somebody says we need this, we're excited about this, all the, because I know you too well to go through that process you know, and do it oh, correctly. My walls were up from the from from the jump start of the referral because of the industry that they're in. But I look, was like, this is never going to go. But at, the, at some, but at sometimes we all go into those meetings, and they're excited, and that's a lie. They need this. That's just a lie. They're just excited that you're there and they're talking about something. Some people are like that. Some people are. So yeah. I'm not saying it's a majority. I'm, I'm just I, saying sometimes this might be one of those deals where you just, but. But take his story just at face value. Let's not try to build something that isn't yeah. there, right? Okay. If you have a question, I think you should ask John that. And 
I don't. I don't think I was lied to. I was right? going to say it wasn't lie. I, I think I. I. I, I firmly believe that, that this guy really sees a ton of value in instituting some like sales systems and processes and good CRM habits because he'd seen it at the the last organization, right? So. I don't think he lied to me. I just don't think he was nearly as as influential as he thought that he exactly. was. Right. I totally agree. And if okay. you if they're set up in a way to where you're never gonna get to a decision maker, then you can draw that line in the sand and say, Hey, if I can't talk Look, to them, I'm out. But if I did that, I would probably never I I I would get half the jobs that I get. If sure. I set a line in the sand to say, if I can't talk to the decision maker, uh, I know that's a very important step in our sales process. I agree with it. But sometimes you have to build confidence like you're saying in your white knight or your you know mm-hmm. internal champion on the other team to sell this for you and you have to give them all the tools to do that that was my point that you have to create relationship from in steps we, we try. and i had no real rapport with the president's son right sure. just just one meeting he he thought that this was kind of good he was he was a process oriented guy he was he was not a D or an I, you know, he's somewhere in the C sector with me, you know, so like I'm talking about this and he's nodding his head and everything else. So I, I just think that they're, I think that I put them in a bad spot to go have to go sell me yeah. to someone else, which is not really what I'm, what I'm ever trying to do, but sometimes you got to play ball with what you have. So yeah. at least I uncovered as much as I could. Right. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a total loss because no. I'm, I'm not working in the dark and, you didn't and lose hoping. It. You didn't lose anything. Right? That's well, and you gain. Anytime you do something, you've gained something. Other than the breaths of air and the time that you never get back, right? Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes so, that's a big wrecker, right? Sometimes your time is way more valuable than what you put into it. In this situation, I think you didn't lose anything. But I, I, I'll, I'll preface that. If you had nothing better to do during that time, there wasn't a better prospect. There wasn't a better something yeah. to so, be after because there's where you need to rack up your disappointment. Oh, I could have been doing yeah. this. Yeah. Now, if you don't have that statement that you can say, then yeah. you're fine. You know, use Agreed. your time. I mean, hey, for sure. nothing, nothing ventured, nothing gained. And this kind of ties us into like tonight's topic of just prospecting in general, because oh, the, is that what we're talking about? <laughs> now we are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I like it. The, the, in my opinion, the difference between people who kill it in sales and people who don't are the people who manage their time incredibly well and can cut ties and walk away from something, right? Completely so, agree. In prospecting, you're you're not going to win every prospect you sit down across from, right? It, mm-hmm. it's just, it just doesn't happen. Don't try. Don't yeah. even try. Absolutely, right? Because so you can't be disappointed. Right? You manage the leading you, indicator, yeah. right? And then you just kind of trust in the process and the results because you have data to kind of work on. And this is me being the database I was guy. Say, I know that not everyone runs the <laughs> same say, program. Dude, that speak I do. for yourself when well, you say data. I'm like, uh, it's called the bank account. Is there money or is there no money? <laughs> Still data. Still data. It is. It is, right? It is. It is a leading indicator. It is. Well, it's a lagging indicator, right? Because, it's a lagging indicator. Yeah. Correct. The leading indicator is the thing you have control over. Yep. The lagging indicator is what is the end result of the thing. Oh, there's always a smart one in the room. Okay. <laughs> I stand corrected. Roll. So, so prospecting. Edit, edit for Dr. Daniel. <laughs> um, so prospecting, right? I feel it's the hardest thing as a salesperson, but you two guys both think that it's the easiest thing. And, and I, I was kind of getting like the feeling from Nan. I like it. Really? Okay. Yeah, so, so for Nan, I'm going to start with you okay. because, hold on, I'm starting with Nan. Yeah, I want to, but I want to clarify it. Okay. It's the hardest Please thing, do, Clint. easiest, hardest thing, easiest thing, fun thing are three different things. All right. So, so what are you labeling prospecting then? Well, I'm saying I think it's the easiest. Doc also said that. Nan says it's fun. That's different than being easy. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. 
everything's easy. Not <laughs> everything? No, not Until it's not. Yeah. All right, so Was ma'am. That, you didn't track on that one? <laughs> no, I didn't. I must have, yeah, it must have gone over my head. It's been a big week. Imagine that. A big couple of weeks, yeah, and I'm not, I'm a little punchy today. All right. Lone so, Ranger. So Nan. You're so the man. only person in the whole world that's had a tough week, Dr. Daniel. Uh, in my mind, anyway. Right. Pain is unique, right? All right. Back on topic. Prospecting. Right? Prospecting. In your, in your world, yes. in healthcare and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that involves typically a lot of drop-ins, you um, know? Yeah. And lunches is kind of the big thing, you know, that everyone talks about. What is that? Is that your two main avenues? Are there other other avenues for prospecting that you do? Oh, I love referrals. I love working with offices that know, you know, someone in the office and I can go to that person. Cold calling for me to go into an office. I love. I think it's you just are striking up another relationship. Now, um, it is all about relationship for me and hearing from other offices, another office to call on and someone they know and reaching out in that aspect of, uh, I don't know, a white knight, another white knight. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think once you have a trusted client, then they can refer you to another office and you're going to do well because they're, they're going to be comfortable with you initially. So you're not like this brand new person walking in the office. So. In your book of business now, yes. right? Like, like what percentage of that has come from referrals versus how much of that do you think is coming from just like cold walk-ins? Probably 80% is referred because it, our bit, it's so small, you know, in the medical field, it's so small. So you, you're just calling on a very... Okay, wait, wait a second. No, no, wait, wait a second. Because I think you're speaking... Bec- relative to your longevity in this industry, right. which is now. When you first started. Okay, when I first started. there's a difference there. Yeah. It, it needs true. to be noted, true, right? For sure. Yeah, and what, no, I, I agree with that. Seasoned veterans in the group are just going to make contacts over contacts over contacts. Right. Absolutely. Right. And over time, you're going to build okay, a book. So but when she first started, and, and she still does. I mean, I, I, I know for a fact that you walk into offices you've never been into. Yeah. But you've been into a lot of offices just because your time in. Rent. But I also think the new offices, you, the cold calling, that was in quotations, um, that you are calling on, you you still need to do some investigation. Is what what kind of business do they do? You know, I don't. It, it's predicated so you, on what. So even though you're referred, you're still running the sales process. You're still running them through your figuring out what kind of business they do. No, how many? When she says referred, that's different than cold calling because she still drops well, in on. Agreed. Offices. I'm saying, but either way, you run them through your process. Absolutely. Is your process yeah. different from like a from like a cold walk in from like a than to a referral? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Hundred percent. Mine is as well. Right. Is your do you think your referrals? You said it's really high. That's that's well, awesome. One, do you think it's personal or because of the company that you work for? Oh, personal for sure. Oh, definitely the company. She works for. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is totally personal. That is one bad mofo. But even though people love you, even though people love you, somebody people trust me. They okay. know that I'm not going to. But you still have to perform. Business, you still right? have to perform. Right. Right? You, you got to fulfill. Right. Fulfill. There you go. Right. Better word. So, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a way better word. <laughs> well, you, well, no, then why are we practicing all that, like, dog, you know, that little horse whip thing that we do? <laughs> I, 
Clint, were you saying something? All right, time? back to prospecting. Let's back talk to, to Al. All right, so, 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 so Nan's business because she's been in two kind of main industries and they're and they've got a lot of overlap, right? You know, you're calling on the same people. So I've seen this happen with you, right? You know, you go into an office and then someone's like Nan, and it's someone that you've known from like the the pharmaceutical side, right. and now they just work in this other office and they remember you, right? right? Yes. But. Uh, your your ability to be memorable to people who you have not seen in years was always astounding to me, right? Because like people would see you and just whereas I feel like I'm pretty forgetful, or you know, yeah, forgetful. Only in your own mind. Okay, thank you. Right. That's I mean, not true. I guess it's a compliment. Say, How can is. you forget a small mountain, man? No, I, I don't know, man. I said that's not true. But I I think it's not true. I think you're very memorable. I think you're very. Very God, that flares so hard. All right, I'll stop. So, it like sounds like I was fishing nice. for a compliment, and yeah. it was not the it was not the case. All right, so Al, prospecting. Um, it is clearly a combination of longevity, but I started new mm-hmm. and knocked on a lot of doors and hated it with passion. Well, so I never knew that. You told me a story one time. That uh, that I still think about, and mm-hmm. I and I laugh every time I think about this because okay. being a chiropractor, right? Mm-hmm. You, you knew a lot of these like surgeons and people like that because like if if you couldn't help them, then eventually you'd have to refer them to Absolutely. someone, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, and you go into a surgeon's office, and the guy says, "Did you lose your license? What the hell are <laughs> exactly, you doing here?" Exactly. Yeah, yeah. He brings up a good point. So yeah, when I made the transition out of clinical, you know, of being like a portal of entry mm-hmm. that was now a referral base. And basically, I had two businesses. One was retail and the DME side of things, bracing and things like that. And so when I got into dead body parts and the bigger aspects of healthcare, if you will, like, you know. Can I tell him what you really do? <laughs> He's like, you know, if I'm going to meet these surgeons, I'm going to have to have some spine surgery. And so he decided. He's <laughs> like, you know, I'm going to have to have my L4 no, <laughs> that's not Sorry, true. Sorry, that was rude. That's not true. But I took one thing that I had been successful at mm-hmm. and had built up, and I parlayed it into another. And 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 it's it's leveraging. It's leveraging relationships. It's leveraging who you know for who they know. And you know, it's it's the domino effect. But you every time you turn a new venture. Meaning you start into a sales role at a new company or you start a new endeavor in sales, Mm -hmm. you have to you shorten the learning curve, first of all. Right. You use all the all the tools that got you where you were to get you to the next level. And even if and and I'm going to speak to the guy that just got his first sales job. Right. The incredible thing is that if you're the frontline guy, if you're making things happen, if we're calling it sales and you're facing the prospect, Mm -hmm. the guy that will buy, then keep that momentum going. No matter where you go, use the talents that you developed out in that field or in your field to reconnect to everybody and ask them who they know in your new field. Oh, that's really right. interesting. Okay. Yeah, I like that idea. Because I could look left and right, and we're all from the same geographical area, and we could talk about restaurants that we know of. We could talk about places we've been. We could build some common ground just off of proximity. Right? Well, yeah, for sure. Right. So uh, one of the things that I think about all the time is these people that are graduating from college, mm-hmm. right? And like, you've got a good network already. 
right? So, you know, call call those people and say, hey, I'm working on this thing, right? Because like no one's going to college because they want to be a salesperson, right? Like it just doesn't happen that way. You know, you're hoping for something else and then you get done and then you can't find something you want. And you're like, okay, I guess I'll go, you know, sling this stuff. That's silly. What's silly? They should go to college for sales. Okay. We'll need you to elaborate, Clint. Well, well when they, everybody eventually, you know, gets out, Guess what? You're in sales now, guys. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Everybody's I mean, in sales. Okay. You're, you're, you're selling yourself until you get a job. Exactly. And, you know. There you go. Yeah. No, you you hit it. Mm-hmm. But but they I don't. Agree. But colleges really don't get that. Medical schools don't do that. Most of your education is going to be predicated on what they call didactic, right? What what's the cortical information you need to know for the process that you must get out there and do? But before you can really do your process, somebody's got to be willing to pay for it. it. Somebody's right. got to buy you. Yeah, they got to pay for it. So coming out, but you hit on a good thing. And I think when you go to, uh, you know, if you're a junior college graduate, then maybe everybody lands locally. And which is a good thing, which I encourage that go to a community college because most of those guys are going to springboard into local businesses. Mm -hmm. They weren't born into that pedigree family. They're not moving out to the East Coast, West Coast. Now you graduate from Harvard. Then I would be looking at a multinational company because those guys are going to fly to the wind and you're going to have the whole world as your oyster. Absolutely. And most of your hungry uh, people are, are recruiting from those community colleges. But let me stop you. You can make millions of dollars in a one square mile. 100%. 100%. If you're in the health district of any community, construction. if you're in construction, yeah. you don't have to look very far. Quit with the bullshit. Right? The, the rainbow, <laughs> right? The grass is greener over there. Wherever you're effing standing, that's where you start. I agree with that. Um, so for, for you for now, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, how much prospecting do you do now or is or is most of what you do now just kind of managing your your existing book and kind of nurturing those relationships it's a lot of that but i have other people that do that so i want to be able to turn the process of the sale and the completion of the sale over to somebody else so i can get to the next one right okay because like most people try to offload it the other way Right, oh, like, the sales side of things. Yeah, I know so many entrepreneurs who are just scared shitless about like having to be like the salesperson for forever. And so what they try to do is they try to offload sales, and then we're not really great teachers and delegators just by default. You know, those are learned skill sets. So, you know, and so then you go out and you hire some people, and because sales gets treated the way that it does, sink or swim, and you know, you might make it, and then I'll know your name and all that shit that happens. Mm-hmm. And so then we've got these like terrible sales cultures, like in in some of these companies. But it's awesome that you know. Because it would be easy for you to just be like, you know what, I'm, I'm not the sales guy anymore. I'm just going to step back and I'm going to run this thing, you know. Yes and no. I mean, would you ever want to get out of, and I'm talking to Clint here to my right. I mean, because I get, there's a whole process that comes behind you. Yeah, I don't know that I would trust anybody to take over my book of business tomorrow. Oh, that. And that's, I feel that that, that exam, exactly the I same totally way. I totally feel that way. I can oh, yeah. never let someone well, say, go find okay, I can for send me. somebody over, mm-hmm. but they're a, a, an extension of me, right? They don't ever I mean, back up. That sounds a little egotistical, but it's correct. Hold on, because <laughs> <laughs> that's correct. I was trying to be nice. No, but yeah. don't be nice because literally, when you when you hire a new sales rep to do your job, as you move up in the company or you take over your own business, you've got to hire somebody to do the uh, to do what you've been doing, 
as a business owner growing a business and now they have to perform it and and they have to ensure the same confidence that you insured in your customers yes that's, exactly. that's tough okay but true but he, he, hear, hear me out on this i'm not here to create a job right for yourself no i'm here to have a business i agree and as a yeah, business owner I sure. have to be the, the, you know, I want to be on the forefront of doing it as well as everybody else. So, so what better way in our world to be able to pass that on if you have a good process built Oh, and you learn somebody into that process? Oh, I'm, you know, yeah. I mean, that's best case scenario, mm -hmm. but uh, most good business people have a process. That's why they're at the top of the business. That's why they bought their own business. That's why they're doing their own thing. They're a leader. They, that's, that's, I think that's a forgotten thing. And no, especially sure. in prospecting, is that you went out there and you killed it. You went out there and you got people to trust you, and then you followed up and, and, and you did what you said you could do. And then all of a sudden you hire somebody else that goes out there and is not you anymore. That That's tough. It's super but, tough. But if you have a process, if if you take what you know and you put it down on paper and you have data to back that up because you track it, Mm -hmm. And you put that in your process, that's a whole lot easier to hand over than hiring some dude off the street to say, go sell my business. But and that's what I thought, I, I believe we're doing here is we've been successful. We know how to do it. And we're trying to teach people or show people how we've done it. For sure. There, there's... Uh... There's this great book that talks about this very thing, right? It's called it's called the E Myth, right? And if you oh, ever love that book, if you yes, ever have aspirations about it. starting something, like go read this book. It's, it's short read. It's it's amazing for some of you, but uh, it it talks about this very thing that are there big words? <laughs> <laughs> um, are there pictures? What sometimes happens though is you're holding that stuff in your head, and you've been doing it for so long that it becomes instinctual. Yeah. And the minute it becomes instinctual, it becomes really hard to teach it to someone else because it's just like, oh, this is just this thing that I do. Like trying to teach your kid how to like tie their shoes. From like the opposite end. Yeah. Oh man, it's a nightmare. Yep. And I've got lots of patience. Tie a tie on a buddy's shirt. Oh, it's impossible. Brutal. Can't do it. I can stand behind you and do it. Yeah, absolutely. I can tie it for you <laughs> and throw it over your neck, but I can't teach you to do it from my my side. Exactly. So I went I to a, say, yeah, Nan's event. So, got a story about that. So, um, my oldest son was getting married, and this was last April, and um, Dr. Daniel's there, and the the. All the guys. We get this emergency call. Like, help. So all the guys, because they had bow ties, right? Yeah. They all no, had bow ties. Tie bow tie. And so, and he wears bow ties, so he was savvy he on it. <laughs> Dapper. And that's Dad all he wears is bow, just a bow tie. Dad-ass bow Dapper ties. And bow ties don't work. <laughs> anyway. Well, when you work for Chippendales once upon a time, come on, man. Oh, you, you meant bow ties and nothing else. <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm I on, said that I'm 30 you. seconds ago. Oh, I said sorry. that's all yeah. he wears. I, sorry, okay. I, don't, I don't listen to most people. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so anyway, so all the guys come over and they're like, help us. And and he, he was struggling because it is hard. Well, He's I eventually went nut to butt, right? I just I reached no around over, that, right? Oh, over the shoulder. Sometimes. I have no idea sometimes. what that means. Sometimes that's how <laughs> you get it sometimes. done, right? And I'm like, guys, you know, get, it, get ready. It was very sweet. Sweet so, moment. So, yeah, I agree with the tying of the shoes and so anyway, a little bow tie. Story. Why did I say it was a sweet moment in a sales meeting? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> um, okay. So, Clint. Don't ask me. Ask you. See you next. I want to hear your thoughts. I'm not about ready. prospecting. Yeah, um, I'm not ready. I, I, tr God, this is so C, but I try. I, mm -hmm. I treat it like a process, right? Like each week, I've got certain things that I that I must do before you, you do. Yeah, a process. I know it's weird. Yeah, I, no one's used to this as the C, um, but like I, I have certain things that I will not 
allow myself to quit work on like a Friday evening without saying that it's done. And, and having that, you know, roadmap, whatever you want to call it, allows me to be just like secure in the process because before this, right. But before I like kind of went through this process of kind of creating my, my prospecting roadmap, you know, whatever you want to call it, it, I was the annoying guy without realizing I was being annoying, right? Like, like all my friends knew me as, Oh, John's a sales guy. He's always selling. He's always selling, you know, because like I always was, you know, trying to sell and trying to find the next thing, find the next prospect, find the next prospect, you know? And when I sold cell phones and banking and everything else, like everyone was so tired of hearing about it. Right. But I'm running around talking to people that are not qualified prospects, you know? So I'm just the annoying guy like everybody else. And then, you know, through reading books and talking to coaches and working with people and everything else, it's like, Oh, I can just put this on a process and then I can just run my process. And then w- when it's done, then I can m- move on to other stuff. And that it was a huge impact for me. How yeah. much, how much did that process, um, save you on time resources? Um, so that's a good question, right? Uh, it, it depends upon your goals, right? Because the, the thing about it is, is you have to adjust, right? If I think a certain, a certain number of asks and cold calls and referral asks and LinkedIn, you know, connection requests and things like that is going to get me to a certain number of qualified conversations, which leads me to a certain number of closed yeah. deals. I have to be willing to adjust that if I'm not hitting those milestone yeah. metrics. So you, you kind of have to adjust and make changes. And, and my prospecting behaviors from when I was in the website world are completely different than my current prospecting behaviors as, you know, the CRM consultant. Hmm. So uh, along those lines, but in a different sense, you, you, you built a process and you exercised that process and then you just went through the numbers, right? You just started, you know, absolutely. You know, Opening right. doors, yes, no, yes, no, yes, well, no. It's right? your it's your favorite thing, right? Work with the end in mind. Right. Right. I had a I had a monetary goal that I wanted to make. Okay. And then I started to think about, okay, how much do I make off of each deal? Right. Okay. What does a client bring me? How many of those clients do I need? You know? And then I break it down into like an annual number and then a monthly number. And okay. Things like that. But more specifically, so when you went in with your process, when did you know to cut bait or get out of the way and, and move on to the next one. What I mean, and I know that may be different for every sales engagement. For sure. Right? right. But did you build that process with, if I get here and I, it, does the algorithm go to a point that says, if no, get the fuck out? Yes. If yes, then, you know. For sure. Proceed. Right. Because the thing is, um, there's a big difference between being a salesperson and being able to draw awareness around potential gaps in someone else's business and then being able to talk about, Hey, I might be able to fill those gaps. Does that make sense to have a conversation about it? And just being an order taker, right? There's a, there's a huge world of difference between those two things. And, um, (coughs) excuse me, I didn't mean to cough on the mic. Uh, you got to be able to cut bait because once again, I, I have to save my time, right? Because it's not, in the website world, we had developers, right? So like I would, I would sell a deal. We'd build a scope of work. We'd take payment. Cool. Here's your project manager. And like, let's get this thing done. But now I'm, I'm also handling all the fulfillment, right? So I have to balance my prospecting with my fulfillment, which is kind of like a sliding range, depending upon how heavy the week is in one side or the other. And, but I have got to protect my time. Like, I mean, it's the most important thing to me. Because if I spend too much time with a prospect who's not qualified, then that's time that's taking away time from a build or a process creation or talking to someone else who does have pain. So you just hit on something, and I'd like to know everybody. You know, what's your qualification process? 
How do you know that you've got a good prospect in front of you? That's a good question. Because there, there's the key to sharpen your sword. Well, because that's the thing I was going to say a moment ago, and then we got sidetracked, is that I don't think that prospecting is the hardest thing to teach somebody. I think that the qualification side of things is harder to and teach. there's where I, I, I sink my teeth in. And I think that salespeople get a bad name because there's a stigma of, you know, the sales guy is going to sell anything and it doesn't really matter if we can do it or not because they're going to overpromise and then it puts a lot of pressure on, on the back end team. That typically happens because that salesperson doesn't have a good idea of what qualified actually means. Mm-hmm. Right. It might also be that they've got a shallow pipeline and then, you know, they're just they're stabbing at every, yeah, absolutely yeah, trying to but pick everything up. Right. Most times it's just, there's not a clear line of communication around, Hey, you brought this in. It wasn't really a good fit. Let's figure out why this wasn't a good fit. And that mm-hmm. way we can not deal with this shit. Yeah. Who, who are you talking about in that situation? Uh, so you're talking about working for somebody as a salesperson. Yeah, I'm talking. You brought about, this in, and somebody told you that it's not a good fit. Absolutely. Wow, that's. Um, Does that ever happen in your business? Well, I'll t- no, it doesn't. Oh, it happens in my business. It doesn't happen to me. <laughs> well, <laughs> of course not. Of co- uh, yeah, my my point exactly. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. The point of it is, is I didn't say that it was. So, did. so in my defense, is that if uh, if my boss, who's not a salesperson, mm-hmm. or anybody above me, ever told me that, I've I've failed my process for sure but like you're not the norm right you're the outlier right you've done so much work on yourself and your awareness and and you've talked about that first year of you working for your company of just like sitting down and analyzing what clients and what partners make us money and which ones don't yeah uh, that's not the norm okay but wasting we're talking to a bunch of people out there so i mean we can sit here and pat ourselves on the back and be our own parade and we you know okay yeah so are we ready to move to me? We're on you. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> hold on. I'm going to look the other way right. now. Go ahead. Keep then, talking. <laughs> well, do you have any more to add on on as a C? So, wrap, uh, if you had to wrap it up, what do you? Um, for for me, it's you got to know when to cut bait, right? And yeah. and that's not the easiest thing for me to do because I like to be a fixer. So yeah. if you come to me with this problem, oh man, like like let's figure this thing out. So I've got to draw some awareness, and then I have to kind of poke and prod and see, you know, and hey, is any of this relevant to you? I think right. for a C and an S, it is hard to... For sure, right? Because I have sure. facts. You told me that this sucks. Yeah. Let's fix yeah. it. You know? yeah, and, and and I, want it, I want everything to be okay mm-hmm. as an S. Okay, but that's like a bad girlfriend who's got a complaint that just oh, wants know, to hear you. Right? You know, she just wants to talk. Absolutely. But like, this is me trying to fight outside of my comfort zone, right? Because I'm such a fixer that yeah. I will that I will spend... You'll, you'll take anybody on. Uh. I won't now, but it, it is in my but a, wheelhouse. To but try a high to do C that. out there listening, that, that's that's your yeah. probably your biggest weakness that you'll try to fix everybody's problem and fail at all of them instead of focusing on one that you actually have a yeah. you know a, even a when they want you to go away, you're like, but no, but I could help yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, right. I I wrote a line. Of, I, I'm a big fan of daily journaling. We haven't really talked about that here, but we will eventually. Um, but for probably a year straight, I had to write this thing that I can't help everybody. And that doesn't make me a failure. I got to spend time with people who are willing and able. Sure. And, and eventually hey, that's cool. My, yeah, good, my mindset kind of shifted good around words. it, but you know, um, it is in my wheelhouse. If I'm, if I'm stressed repeat out to that, spend so too we can all time. write that down. And stress <laughs> that no, repeat that one more time. So yeah, people can like hear it. that. Cause that's really Seriously. good. Um, I hold on. I can't help everybody, and, then, and that's not a failure. I have to spend my time with people who are willing and able. That's, yeah. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Well, that, thank you. All right. So, Clint, D, prospecting. T-shirt. Let's all get a T-shirt. Absolutely. Team D, T-shirts? No. Deal. No no one needs those. <laughs> I'll, I'll buy four of them. <laughs> <laughs> you want <know>, one for Paul. <laughs> yep. 
fist pumping back there behind the sound behind stage. the scenes. So prospecting. I for okay, so let me go let me skin this cat a little bit different than you guys did. Go back to your book of business and look at the people you already do business with. So my very first prospect in my mind is not to go find prospects that we don't already do work with. I think for me, the biggest gain is look at the people you already do business with and have you maximized that potential? Because that's prospect in my mind. So, okay, but isn't that farming as opposed to hunting? Or, you know, if we're going to use these uh, like cliched labels. Yeah, you, sure. got, you got people coming out that don't have a book of business, you're, right? Okay, they have okay. nobody to so if, do what you're doing. Let me rephrase. If you have a book of business, first rule on prospecting, in my mind, is to go back to who you're already doing business with and, and good customers and make sure that you're maximizing potential. Okay. There's step one, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I think if you do that. And that, that works because some of you guys have inherited business. You've come sure, in after somebody yeah. else. So yep. you, you keep speaking. And, and I'm so, just saying there, there are bigger some, implications. Sometimes you there. inherit stuff that you need to repair, right? Oh, but absolutely. But they're already a customer. Yeah, yeah they're just in the cycle. You know, you know that they do the work that you do. They know that you know that they need uh, your services. It's been proven in the past by past data because they've done work with you, right? Right. All you need so, is one, and then you can do that. <laughs> so, so, so in my mind, exactly. step one is to, like you said, John, farm. Right. Make sure you're producing maximum yield for your crop. That's one area of prospecting for me that works well in my in my industry. I don't know if it is for everybody. It, yeah, it works in because ours sometimes too. you're a one off sale. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you sell a CRM, John. That that's the only sale that I can make to them, and they're already using me on the one sale. I get that. My next my next point of that is if you've maximized that potential, now I go for a very tactical very deliberate uh, focus on one person. I don't focus. I, I don't go to big stalker. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it is stalking. I stalk what they do, their business, what kind of jobs that they do. Does that fit us? I, I qualify really hard in the prospecting phase. And I do that before I even make a phone call, before I make an email, before I do anything. And I get as far as I can on the information highway uh, whether it's research, asking people in your in your business, commonality, uh, common uh, acquaintances that might know LinkedIn, right? I know, I see that you know this guy. What do you know about these guys? What kind of business do they do? Do they pay well? Are they a good customer? Do they pay on time? All these things are questions I ask long before I even venture into um, chasing after somebody and, and prospecting. So. Step two for me is information highway. Get as much as you can, um, and, and it's out there. It's it's all over. You just got to make some phone calls, and and once you have that, now I'm looking at how well do you fit my business, right? With that information that you've gained, how well do you fit my business? And is there enough information to make that comparison? If there's not, now I need to make a phone call. Now I need to make an email. Now I need to have a sit down with somebody and qualify really really hard. And all of those really hard questions that most people are uncomfortable asking in my personality trait, it's not so hard. That's why I say I think prospecting for me is very easy because I'm I'm willing to walk into a conference room and in two minutes willing to walk out of of a future client. Yeah, it's just it just doesn't. So why do you walk out? Because they don't qualify. So if I have hard. So 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 real quick, right? You know, so far in this episode, I feel like we've been talking about prospecting in a very 
nebulous sense, Absolutely. right? Not, okay. not, not incredibly actionable, right? Mm-hmm. So Clint, when you're going into this, into this board meeting, like, sure. like what's the biggest thing that blows something up for you to where you're like, you know what? I got to go. Um, well, I'll tell you right off the bat because, because of who I am, it, it's a very gut feel. Uh, I had a conversation today with uh, an estimator and my boss in the same room about a project that they took on without me in the sales process. And I totally feel that this is going to be a bad job, going to be a bad partnership. It's not going to go well for anybody. Mm-hmm. And they're they're continuing to move on because they, okay, the data's there. They're farming. My gut feel says that's not all there. I've done my homework as well. It's not there. Um, so for me, step one in that situation is gut feel. How do I connect with these people? Are they willing to give me the information I need to make this successful? Are they willing to um, get out of their comfort zone um, and hear what I'm actually asking? Because I'm asking important questions. I'm not just asking to ask. And these are internal people inside of your company. Is that correct? Uh, in that situation, okay. yeah. These and, are internal. And so, but if I'm if I'm on a new call with somebody that says, hey, we've got a job, come look at it. Um, we want you to come over to our office today and kind of do a meet and greet and see what you're all about. Yeah. Um, the first thing everybody wants to do is present Absolutely. this big, hey, look at the project we got. I want you guys to do all of this. Okay. So first question that I would ask is like, so you guys are, are, are you guys um, going out for two or three bids or five bids? Oh yeah, of course that's our process. Well, it's interesting because you said you only wanted to use us. So I'm, I'm a little confused. You, you talked about partnership maybe on the phone or, or in this meeting. You talked about safety requirements. You talked about all these qualifications that you have for me. I also have those same qualifications back. And now, I, I, if you don't mind, indulge me a little bit, but I have to ask those questions. Because if you don't qualify the same way that you did to us, then I don't know if this is a fit. And I want to get all that out there before we start talking about plans and drawings and, yeah. and, and money. So if this is your first episode and, and, you, and you're not really sure – Clint works in construction. So, okay, you yeah. know, and, sure. and and that's an important thing to talk about. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a very... Legos. <laughs> connects. Uh, connects are a little bit better. Makes these amazing uh, things. They're just beautiful. <laughs> but, you know, I, I will say that um, I don't always do the best at it. Sometimes I, I get a little bit of, you know, a little bit of... Did he say that? I know. Clint, Clint <laughs> just admitted a little bit of failure. No, I have to... I'll back it up. Hold on. <laughs> Somebody's going to die tonight. There, there are times where I get a little giddy. I see a big project in front of me. Oh my gosh! Me. Did you Take just yeah, the glass <laughs> away was from that him. giddy on top of? Yeah. I, Take it away. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, you got to drink after. after You're not making, drinking well, water, obviously. Shit, we're all talking over you each other. Have, that was a big moment, guys. Huge moment. What did you call it a long time ago? You said sales horny. You get sales horny, right? That's true. You yeah. get happy feet. You see a big. Big project in front of me, and somebody's like, I, you know, I think this is a $10 million project. And you're like, oh, man, $10 million bucks. That could be us. We could do this. For sure. And you get blinded by that. Uh, that I could have been a contender. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm dealing with a situation right now, right now, that's $11 million deal. That's a big deal for us. <laughs> I'm getting, right? boom, I feel something. <laughs> so that that's a big deal for us. That's a that's a six figure payday if everything goes right on the income side, right? Mm-hmm. That's a that's a big that's deal sweet. for us. Yeah. yeah. So like so um, I can tell you right now that I actually had an internal meeting and I said, look, I know that they're going to go out to bid against us. They're going to use our co- uh, competitors to try to get the best number. That's okay. I'm not scared of that. But I also know that that company that's hired this GC 
to go out and get those bids is also looking at other GCs. So now we're not one of three anymore with qualified well, yeah. bidders. Oh, yet. you're like now multiple, like 100 but now we're one of nine. Yeah. So the the really messed up part is is phase one. This is phase two. Phase one was about six million dollars, and we did great for them. Oh, we, you you they, did phase we one. We did phase one. They only went to us. They only bid to us. We gave them a fair price. We didn't make a killing off of it. We we knew that phase two was going to happen. We want to be a part of that. And you add those two together. Now you're now you're talking money. So we went in pretty conservative on the on the phase one. So my point is, as this. my grandmother says, you gave a little lanyap on the first one. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Is she German? Yeah. Did no. you did you Cajun. Set, Cajun. did you kind of set expectations around this idea of like of like hey look we're happy to give you a deal on phase one but yes. you know if we do that we'd like to really have the inside track on phase two yes uh, I probably didn't do that as well as I should because I learned about phase two a little bit down the road okay so phase one to me wasn't phase one it was just the job uh, okay so right now we're about to enter into bidding process and negotiations and now I have to go back on how they know me and I have to reiterate this process, this very tough process that I can almost guarantee you they're going to disqualify themselves in my own process after about six questions. So what are you going to do? And that's tough, right? Because that's a prospect, a new prospect for a job, whether it's a job or a new customer, it's still a prospecting thing in my, in my sales uh, projections for the year. So my, so my hard part is, is that I'm probably going to have to disqualify a $10 million job and walk away from it. And that's going to be really tough for the C-level people in my company to hear. So how do you, okay, so going for the no is obviously, a, a, a or being okay with no is super important being a salesperson. Yeah. You're obviously okay with the no, right? And that just comes as part of being a D. How does that relate to the people in your company that are above you? Like, is there pressure? Like, like hey, Clint, you need to of close course. this deal. Of course. It's like, why would, why would you drop a $10 million deal? Clint, we did phase one. Yeah, Why because, would you drop it? Yeah, my question is, yeah, they, I get where you're coming yeah. from, but can you let go of it? Easily. You can. I'd, I, You know what? To be honest with you, I'd make a phone call and ask all these questions I'm about to ask and walk away from it without ever even seeing drawings on it. Can we do that on the air? I'm just kidding. That'd be interesting. <laughs> that would be super oh, interesting. That'd be so fun. Um, <laughs> no. <For> but, <laughs> only. But my... One of my biggest. We're going to do that one time, guys. Yeah, we We're literally going to do calls <laughs> on love, the air. I'd love to. That'd get be a, fun. I'd love to get a hold of a gatekeeper on this. On this show. <laughs> yeah. Um, You're anyway. on the air. Uh, <laughs> no. Now, do, what do I have to tell them? What that? about a pattern interrupt? That yeah, what a huge yeah. pattern interrupt. <laughs> yeah. You're on the air. On the air. Yeah. I'm on a sales show. You're on the air right now. So I, I know that I got a little deep into stuff on the prospecting. I, I will say qualify really hard. I, I chase the ten percent more than the ninety. The 10% qualified, I chase those people because I know that I have a lot better chance moving forward with that smaller community than going out there and getting big number, bringing in volume and getting a little bit off of it. It's the 80-20 rule. For sure. Correct. You know? we, we, yes. And we've, we've probably alluded to that. Yeah. And you guys out there probably understand, yeah, 80% of your business is going to come from 20% of your prospects. Absolutely. And hone down. Yep. Figure out what that looks like in your world mm -hmm. and get with it. Yeah. And look left and look right. Look at the other people that you're not the only guy or gal out there selling or doing what you do. Be better. Find, don't reinvent the wheel. Find whoever's doing it better than you and emulate, glean, understand, take them out to dinner, ask for help. Let me, let me give hold on, hold on. We're, we got to wrap up. Oh, we could talk about this for forever. Give, Is me this gonna be give, give me a second on the 80 20 rule because, because yeah. I, I have some insight today. We're, we're, uh, should this be part of your throwdown? No, 
Okay, go, um, go ahead. This this works very well in your 8020 comment because right now we're strategic planning for 2020. Who do we have in the pipeline? What's our growth potential? We're doing all those numbers right now. What's funny is, is that I realized in my CRM yesterday that I can actually do all of my yearly sales plus my growth with one of my customers. Oh, so you want to stand on a soapbox and tell us how good he was. No, my point <laughs> is, is that is everyone clapping? I have 20 customers that I'm doing all that book of business with. What, what I'm saying is that you, I you, love it. You don't always know your potential of your existing oh, customers. Yeah. So no, be, I knew, before, I knew where you were going before with you go out chasing, chasing chickens around the yard. Maybe look in your own kitchen because there might be a chicken breast in the and freezer. I, I'm going to call everybody out because that's Help what me. you guys do. That's that that is that is half of sales. A bunch of chasing and nothing happening. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And and they on car lots in industry everywhere. Mm-hmm. You're chasing, but you're not getting, and you you're making a living, right? But you're not a superstar. You you know you're not at the top of the list. You're not on the board higher yeah. than that guy. Sure. So if, if if that's what you're doing, and you guys all know if you're doing it or you're not. I mean, yeah. you know, it's a radio. It's it's, well, it's podcast. So so on that point, right? Like some companies just want to uh, reward being busy as yep. opposed to being productive. That's right. There's right? a lot of companies out there so, like that. You know, sometimes you're not in the right fit. Right. And sometimes you might need to make a change to go work at a company that's got a better sales culture than the one that you're at. Because if you're in the same where you're just, you know, you're, you're taking bullshit meetings, you know, and then you're you're filling out the CRM to like placate someone, but like you're not moving anything forward. Yeah. Right. Your time but is it, better spent doing something else and be more productive. But if you're doing that, you're looking over your shoulder because they got some kid getting out of college that's about to replace your ass, right? Oh, if you're right. not driving yourself, if you're sitting there like the bump on the log, then that's on you. Hey, I hope somebody takes your job. Yeah, I you really have to have do. a desire. Yeah, yeah you're a warm bucket of spit. You're not out there making it because in this industry, you can live the lifestyle that you want to live. You can do the things that you want to do. You can put your kids in college wherever they want to go. Mm-hmm. If you get up and you use some of the things that we talk about show up every day well but don't just show up well yeah show up show up and run the program and do the pr- yeah. yeah yeah run awesome. the program yeah. all right so we're at that time of the show right it's time for the throwdown wow man. love our guy behind the scenes Paul man is all over it all right so no. two minutes from the d the i the s and the c clint the d go yeah so on prospecting i i would say maximize your potential uh with your current customers base uh, really make sure that you're utilizing that because if you're doing successful projects with the customer, make sure that you're maximizing everything you can do with them first. Then go search, right? And then once you're searching, qualify really hard. Be tactical. Be deliberate. Go in there with a plan of why you're chasing this customer and, and, the, and get all the insider information that you can get by asking, by referrals, by social media accounts, by just online knowledge. Do that first. Take a next step. And, and why, what I will say is to qualify hard, you're going to have to ask questions. And those questions to every personality may not be easy. It's easy for some versus others. If it's hard for you, I'm sorry, but this is the game that we're playing and you're just going to have to gut this shit. And you're going to have to get tough and you're going to have to get calloused and you're going to have to ask these tough questions to get in there. Because otherwise you're going to be led with a, a big, long foot chase that's just never going to end. Awesome. Al? Yeah, well put. R.I.? Um. 
look left, look right, look up, look down, look around yourself mm -hmm. outside of the little, you know, the microcosm that you live in and, and the way you do business to how other people are doing business, what their prospects look like. Find find people who are successful in your own industry, emulate their their activities, have no fear, like Clint said, and 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 show up and perform. And, and extend yourself and, and be be somebody that somebody wants to talk to. Be engaging. Be be head forward in, in the sense that you're you're better than yourself. You know, it, it is a show in a certain sense. I mean, look at TV. Be the best sitcom on the block. Okay. Nan, RS? So I love analogies. So I'm going to use fishing, fly fishing. And I think the biggest thing is to persevere, like to get up every morning early. Don't think, don't be lazy. And if you want to be successful, you have to have desire. So create it. If if you don't go out there thinking you're going to be a failure, have a great attitude. But with fishing, you have to know where to, to stand. You need to know how the water's flowing. You need to know where you're going to throw your line. You need to know what bait to use. No, have a plan, be persistent, and don't be a wimp. Like, do not, I can't tell you how many people have just go, oh, God, this is too hard. I just can't. No, be positive. Know what you're doing. Basically, figure it out. That's why listening to us is going to be helpful because you, you don't think you can just go out there and walk anywhere into any office or any client and you're going to capture. You better have a plan and you better be persistent and be, have guts. And if you catch no fish, kill your dog and have meat. <laughs> catch fish. Have the right bait. Um, or right. dynamite. So for you C's out there, this is not anything new, but build a process, right? Take the time to figure out how much you want to make, what's important to you, set set goals, and then figure out what does an average client bring in? You know, how much of that goes to you if you're not an owner? You know, if you're working for someone else, like what what does a deal pay you up for commission? And then figure it out from there, right? It's It's not sexy. It's not super fun. But for me, the minute I did this and realized, oh, all I really need to have is like three decision maker meetings per week and I'm going to I'm going to make the money that I want to make. That takes all the pressure off of me. And then I'm not caught in the paradigm of more of like I need more, more business, more clients, more, more money. Right. Because I've, I've started with the end in mind. The other thing that I'll say is figure out the commonalities and the people that you're killing it for and then narrow, 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 because I feel like your conversations are so much easier if you are very, very niched as opposed to the generalist, right? Because no one, no one wants to spend time with a generalist, but if you can be extremely relevant to one person because of you only work with this kind of client, I think that your conversations are a lot easier. So awesome. Yeah. I, th this was a great episode and we could talk way more about prospecting and we will another time. Yeah. We'll, we'll circle back around. For sure. So um, follow us on social media. Everything is at sales throwdown, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you're watching this on YouTube, um, I hope you like my shirt because it's pretty dope today. So I don't know if you can tell it's it's camping. It's firewood with flames. Campfires. I thought it was rocket ships. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you see what you want to see. It's his Girl Scout. Uniform. It's art. <laughs> it's art. So I'm right. Um, so, yeah, follow us. If you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe. So Hashtag that way you, your team. Yeah. Team D. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot of those. And Seven. 
Yeah, if you get the any cup. value out of this thing, Team P, for if you're Paul behind the Paul, mic. Oh, yeah, Paul, us out. Paul. A little if, shout out to man huge, by, huge if the man the girls the ever get to see P, he's, he's lovely. making these tones so, so, so amazing. So I know the age that we live in on the social media, which we're putting out there, is uh, you guys are going to give us your comments, but we're, we're really looking forward to it. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I want to hear what you have to say about prospecting, your do's and don'ts, what works, what doesn't, because, yeah. hey, we're learning too, right? Yeah, put that stuff on on social media, right? Yeah. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, you know? get with us. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We want to hear what you want. Yeah, we'll see everybody next week. Bye, y'all.